Welcome to season two, episode one of the On the Trail podcast. I'm Stephanie Warner, and I'm here with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, and we're so excited to be on the trail with you today. Hello, father. Hello, daughter. This is our first. I can't believe it's really weird doing this in front of cameras. <laughs> it is. There are cameras. There are cameras. Yeah. Oh, but it's so much fun. We're we're welcoming people to the table with us, and um, literally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice table. Kudos. Shout outs to our our technical producer Ben, and um, also Faith, who wears many hats at the ministry and is our go to help decoration. Yes. And she's great. So thank you. To both of you for for helping us put this together. Yeah, so to my wife Brenda for sacrificing this room in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Yes, indeed. Oh, we're so happy to be here. Yes. And um, we are launching now that we are on video uh, a new series. Yes. And this series is called the Healing Journey: Lessons from the Wilderness, or the Wilderness of Mediocrity. <laughs> Yeah, or just the Torah and what we learn about uh, <laughs> emotional healing from the Torah. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is going to be an interesting combination of Bible and mm-hmm. and practical mm-hmm. uh, on the lessons that we get on working with deeply wounded people and our own journeys to to healing. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, the whole wilderness wandering thing is a journey, yeah. right? So it connects really simply. And I think a lot of people miss how profoundly fundamental and foundational the, uh, the Exodus story is mm-hmm. and all that goes into it. It's like everything in the Exodus story is repeated in the gospel, is repeated in the end times narrative, uh, the whole thing, kingdom theology, is all rooted in Exodus, and so we're going to take a dive here. I'm so excited! It's going to be yep. epic. <laughs> like as we as we've been plotting out this uh, this whole series, um, we've been leaving room for. Oh, I bet we're going to want to even go more onto that, and that's so cool, and we need to pause on that. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Well. I want to want to ask you about this title, "The Wilderness of Mediocrity." Um, that's quite the title. Uh, where did it come from? Well, that came from your grandpa, my dad. Uh, he um, he used to have a five minute radio spot called uh, "Keeping Your Balance," and his basic premise was that the Christian life is the exciting process of learning to keep your balance, and the uh, that the devil likes to introduce distractions and extremes and get us off of the balance point into one of the extremes. And he really doesn't care which extreme we go to. And so one of his messages that he would uh, deliver um, fairly frequently was this idea that too few Christians are living a victorious Christian life. And that we've sort of been trained to think of the the wilderness wandering experience and the Jordan River, that the Jordan River is death and the promised land is heaven. He said, but that's not really the best analogy here. He said, the when they crossed the Jordan River in the Promised Land, there were giants waiting to be fought, right? There were battles. Mm-hmm. There was a whole lot of warfare going on. He's, but in, in the book of Joshua, we read that they won every battle that they faced when, you know, when they trusted God. And so it's really a picture of the victorious Christian life. It's a, it's a picture of a life full of battles but of God helping win those battles when we trust and obey Him. And so it puts the wilderness in a different perspective. And he he's also was cognizant of the fact that the wilderness was only supposed to be a two-year event for mm-hmm. the uh, Israelites, and it turned into a 40-year event. 
And so my dad kind of coined the term for those 38 extra years as the wilderness of mediocrity. And uh, what he meant by that was they were going through the motions, but they were just kind of spinning their wheels and going through life. And he felt like way too many Christians were doing that, Mm -hmm. that we were just sort of spinning our wheels. We were fighting battles, but they were battles in the desert, not the battles in the promised land that were actually, you know, doing damage to the kingdom of darkness. And so uh, it really stuck with me, right, as a, as a kid listening to him talk, thinking, you know, I don't want to be in the wilderness of mediocrity. I want to be uh, living a victorious Christian life. So I was like, so tell me, Dad, what, what's this going to take? You know, how do you, how do you get out of the wilderness of mediocrity and into the, uh, the, the land of victorious battles? So mm-hmm. that's where it comes from. Awesome. Yeah. Super applicable to to every person and every mm-hmm. walk of life. But then also, I'm, I'm curious, I know you you made a connection to ministry with the deeply wounded. Um, right. And where did that come from? So um, specifically in, in I, not in how did you come to yeah. minister to the deeply wounded, but for the, the topic of. Yeah. How the to- how did this topic get connected to yeah. to emotional healing journey? Well, I actually have a very vivid memory, right? I'm uh, sitting in the uh, um, back room of our, my parents' house in Deerfield, Illinois. So Deerfield is where Trinity Evangelical Divinity School is located. So my dad was a professor there. Uh, he was teaching spiritual warfare, um, uh, several classes on it. And I was a new student at Trinity, just starting work on my PhD in Old Testament at the time, which I didn't finish. I ended up switching, but that's neither here nor there. The, uh, you know, my whole life, I thought you had a PhD. Like all growing up, I thought you had a PhD. Yeah, and no, I-, <laughs> I have, a, I have a, ironically, a demon degree. Uh, so if you say that wrong, it sounds like I have a demon degree, but I have a <laughs> doctor of ministry. So... Um, anyway, I w- here I am. I'm sitting in my uh, my parents' house. I'm actually living with them while I'm going to school. And because my dad taught so much on spiritual warfare and because uh, he would do ministry uh, with people um, who were having battles, we had a regular flow of people coming through. And there was one lady in particular who was literally tortured as a child. Uh to the extent that she split into multiple personalities. Uh, She was officially diagnosed by a a secular psychiatrist and uh, showed up at our doorstep. And we started a journey uh, with her and, as it turned out, several other people who were uh, really deeply wounded. And uh, a group of us began gathering. There were probably 13 to 15 of us that were part of this group at, at some point, and we would meet. And I just remember being in the room and thinking about this journey we were on with these deeply wounded people. And uh, at the time, I'm studying Exodus for my doctoral work, mm-hmm. and it just sort of hit me that you know, the biggest lesson that Israel failed to learn, the reason they did not get into the promised land, was they didn't learn to trust God. You know, they're constantly like, well, let's just go back to Egypt, forget this. And uh, because they didn't learn to trust God. And then I realized that in talking to, especially this one lady and these others, that the, the thing you kept beating your head against the wall on is trying to get them to trust God, right? They did, didn't trust. And all of a sudden, it was like light bulbs went on. Oh, this is exactly the same thing. And then you look at it and go, well, why didn't the Israelites trust God? You know, why doesn't she trust God? 
Well, she didn't trust God because she was abused, right? And her abuse taught her not to trust. Well, then all of a sudden, another light bulb went on. Well, the Israelites were really abused people, right? They had come out of horrible treatment. Um, you know, over and over again in, in Exodus 1, we see ruthless, you know, words like ruthless and difficult and bitter and, you know, uh, oppression, and realizing, well, all right, so deep wounds tend to rob us of trust. And uh, the other thing that hit me while we were sitting as I'm sitting there was I was actually upset with God, uh, a little bit like Moses. Like I told you, this would happen. You know, this was I was I was kind of upset with God because I was like, hasn't she been through enough? And haven't these people been through enough? Why don't you just take them to the promised land? Why don't you just get them to an oasis and let them rest for a little bit? Why does it feel like they have to go through so many battles? to get to the place of emotional healing that, you know, everybody they want to get to, we want them to get to. Why is this so hard? And again, it hit me when the Israelites left Egypt, where did God take them? Mm -hmm. Right? He didn't take them to an oasis and say, you guys have been through enough. Just take it easy. I'll go fight these battles for you. And then I'll just give you the land. No, it's like he took them to the desert. And it was like, okay, the desert really was their boot camp. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a boot camp to, they had like uh, abused people tend to have a victim mindset, a victim mentality. They see themselves, that's their identity. I am a victim. Well, I think the Israelites had a slave mentality. They had a victim mentality and God wanted to break that and teach them a new mindset. Like, no, you are my children. You are holy. You are mm-hmm. called to something different. This is your new identity. Learn to live out of this identity and trust me. And so they had to go through a whole boot camp experience to to try to get those lessons. So I just still remember like the whole thing just kind of hit me all at once, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, every one of these things connects. Um, God is so good. Yeah. You know, and I could just go on and on, but that's why we have an extended podcast exactly. series on this because there are just so many lessons and so many connections. Yeah. We're going to talk more about trust next episode and, yeah. and all of that. And yes a whole series where we're, we're going to keep pressing through. Thank you for that setup. Um, on that note, since we are going to be going through the Exodus story, I was wondering if you would give us some context for um, Moses and the Exodus story sure. and where that's coming out of. Um, the Bible. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. The, uh, uh, the, uh, what? What? Yeah, no. So... Um, there's a couple of different contexts we could go into here. And like historically, you know, there's all kinds of debate about, you know, around the chronology of this stuff. And uh, I personally uh, am very comfortable with what is called the early date for the Exodus, which puts uh, these events, um, the Exodus itself around 1446 uh, BC. Um, I know a lot of people would prefer to put it in a, in a late date, uh, but that's, that's kind of where I, I feel the most comfortable Um, And I think that there's good reasons for it archaeologically as well as uh, within the text. Uh, But in this case, the whole whole story starts because God in his sovereignty is unfolding this huge story for all of humanity. And I like the way N.T. Wright put this, right, in a book that uh, I've been working through recently. And that is God, in a sense— is as aware of how messed up the world is as we are, which surprises some of us, right? Because we tend to blame him, like, why do you let the world get this messed up? 
But God's looking down here and he sees that this world is a complete mess. And he said, I'm not willing to wave the white flag and surrender and just give it up. I want I want the world to become what I created it to be. Mm-hmm. And I want people and humans to become what I created them to be. And I want this whole thing to be redeemed and to be turned around. And so at one level, what's happening with the Exodus is the Exodus is God's micro model, right? His micro model of the entire process of redemption that is taking place. That, that So initially it was the redemption of Israel from their Egyptian bondage to his promised inheritance for them. And uh, it's also a model for us as Christians and in our our freedom, our salvation, our training, you know, uh, us moving toward our inheritance. And ultimately, it's a model for all of creation. And this idea that the creation has been in exile ever since Adam was kicked out of the garden. And uh, from that that point on, it's been groaning, right? It's been, uh, there's been a, the creation groans longing for this to come to an end. So, Theologically, there's a huge, big context here that gives the story of the Exodus more weight than uh, we sometimes think of. Because for a lot of us, it was just a children's story taught in Sunday school, and uh, it's something related to Judaism, you know. But we don't understand how profoundly uh, important it is for understanding life and the gospel and Christianity in general. Huzzah! Yeah. I'm I'm tempted to have you now set up like the bi- biblical narrative. Uh, can you give a? Can you? Yes, you did the theological narrative, and you did the archaeological historical quick yeah. window. Well, biblical narrative in the sense of uh, I'm not quite sure how detailed. Yeah, done. Why don't you give us the biblical narrative? You could do this, and you know where you want to take it. So what? Are, what are you? Oh, I'm just I'm just thinking. So the Exodus story is going to be starting like Exodus one. We are with the groaning. So where were they beforehand? Okay. What? Why is Israel in Egypt? Okay, got it. So the uh, I wasn't sure how far to go back. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. No, Eden, the no, flood, I, li- I like the everything you just where did. Are we starting here. <laughs> I like everything you just did. Okay. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, yeah, so they were in Egypt because there was a famine and uh, God had prepared a way for them to survive the famine by having Joseph sent down to captivity. So you know, most people know the story of Joseph being sold by his brothers as a slave. And uh, that famous line, what, God, what, that, what the brothers intended for evil, God meant for good for the saving of many lives. And so... Um, because of the famine, the entire clan of uh, it goes Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. The entire clan of Jacob moved about seventy people moved to Egypt, and uh, God basically told them to stay there. Um, and they did, and they stayed there, and they flourished, and they were um, doing quite well until Joseph died. And then there is some fuzziness, right? The Bible has a gap there; it doesn't tell us a lot of details. We just learned that there was a new king came who didn't know Joseph. And most people think that this wasn't just, you know, the son of the prior king, that this was probably a new dynasty mm-hmm. and uh, a whole new family was ruling Egypt beside, that was perhaps hostile to the family that right. had elevated Joseph. Well, and depending on how you date it, if you're if you're going with where you tend to, to date things, um, it's very possible that the dynasty between 
uh, had actually been a foreign one to yes. Egypt, and that would have also given reason, extra reason for some some hostility. But yes, yeah. and then again, there's a, lots of debates about these things, but I, I do think that there's a good evidence that um, Joseph was elevated at a time when foreigners were in power, or at least um, looked at in a more friendly light, and this new dynasty was very pro-Egyptian anti-foreigners and all of a sudden here's this huge uh you know at this point a huge number of descendants Mm -hmm. that have uh taken over and it says that they literally are in dread of them so that's kind of an interesting uh issue in its own right but that's how they got down there awesome well i am so excited to to continue uh in this series do you want to any final thoughts for this episode well, again, one of the reasons I wanted to do this series is because of the connections and the overlaps. It's a kind of like ability to kill two birds with one stone. We get to take a deep dive into the Bible, which is always good, and we get to take a deep dive into the emotional healing journey and looking at concrete practices, concrete lessons. And uh, so some episodes will be more heavy on one side or the other of it, but I think that it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a fun ride. I think we're going to learn a lot, and I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the trail today. Did you like this episode? Would you like more people to see it? This is the part where I ask you to like, comment, subscribe, share with a friend. And do you love this channel? One of the best ways that you can support us is by becoming a Deeper Walk Trailblazer. Thanks again. We'll see you back on the trail next week. Thank you.